Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of Gorecom in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's going on at their companies. Program note first though, we love the fact that all of you tune in to watch these videos on Agorcom, on YouTube, and other video sites. But we also recognize the fact that you don't always have the time to sit down and watch video, whether it's on your phone or your laptop or, any, or, or on your tablets. So what we've done is we're now podcasting all of our interviews. That way you can pick up the audio only version, but sometimes that's really convenient. All you got to do to listen is get to your favorite podcast site. For example, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Just search for Gorecom. It's that easy. And now when you're uh, well, maybe driving to traffic or on a subway, a bus, waiting for a doctor's appointment, or whenever you have some downtime, you can at least, you know, plug us into your ears and, and listen to the show and get all the great information from it. So make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast site. With us today, happy to have him again, Calvin Burton, Investor Communications over at American Creek Resources. The company trades on the Venture Exchange under the stock symbol AMK, and they've been making a lot of noise in the last half of 2019. For those of you who are new to the story, it's an understatement to say they've got an impressive portfolio of gold properties in BC's prolific Golden Triangle, which most of you know is one of the richest areas of mineralization in the world. So more than just lip service, because American Creek isn't just playing the neighbor game, uh, the neighborhood game, their flagship Treaty Creek properties joint ventured with Tudor Gold, whose CEO Walter Storm funded Osisco Gold, helped the company become a world-class gold mine and reached a market capitalization about 4.5 billion before I think it was sold for three and a half billion dollars. Mineralization in the Treaty Creek claims uh, lie within the same system that you find for Seabridge Gold KSM and the Pretty and Bruce Jack properties that lie immediately south of the, uh, of the Treaty Creek claims. And right now it looks like uh, geology, geophysics are indicating the potential for similar scale deposits. Drilling results in the last half of 2019 are telling that story even stronger. In fact, third party validation Eric Sprott came in for two private placements, one on August the 8th for a million, another on August 12th for a million. So here to talk about what's happened after that is, uh, is Calvin. Calvin, welcome back, man. Hey, thanks so much, George. It's great to be here. Well, before we get into drill results, because we don't want to dive deep in the geology, let's talk big picture. It sounds like from the company's last press release that you're on to something world-class. And I'm going to quote, both Darren Blaney, who's a CEO, who said, uh, Goldstorm is advancing to potentially become a world-class deposit with better logistics than neighboring KSM. And then you've also got Walter himself, because sometimes, hey, what do you expect the CEO to say? Uh, who says, Goldstorm has now, now has the attention of several major industry players uh, and is a potential world-class deposit. So you got both principles using world-class in the same press release. 
let's talk about that big picture. What do, what do we have here? Sure thing. Actually, it's an interesting term, world class, because it's probably a pretty broad term. Um, but what's interesting is that uh, Ken Konkin, the uh, head geologist and director of development for Tudor Gold, our JV partner on Treaty Creek, um, <clears throat> he told me that world class uh, at this grade is about 3 million ounces of gold. And we believe we've seen that in the rear view mirror quite a while ago. Um, and so I'm not sure what this is. We sometimes run out of superlatives. We've heard monster system and, um, you know, one of the, one of the largest uh, in the Golden Triangle, which actually makes it one of the biggest ones in the world. Um, you'd mentioned on your intro there, the fact that, uh, you know, we're right next to Seabridge Gold and Seabridge has the largest undeveloped gold deposit by reserves in the entire world, right? And what the drilling this year has, has proven out in the program that we have is, is um, the fact that the geophysics and the geology hinted that we might have something similar to or the same kind of scale. Now we're proving it. And, and what does it mean that Eric Sprott first said it back in July, but after the last set of drill results, got onto his podcast again, where we stated, kind of like you reemphasized, and I'm going to quote here, uh, hoping they can prove up a 20 million ounce deposit. I know you don't have a, I know you don't have a number. I know you can't talk about a number. Uh, specifically, but is he accurate in his range of, of how big this could be? <clears throat> That's a great question, and you're right. So there isn't an official resource calculation out just yet, um, but uh, I, I think he knows what he's talking about. Sure. <laughs> um, and there's actually a lot, a lot of great indicators uh, around us. We can look at similar deposits that are beside us and their scope and scale and, and how big those ones are. Um, What's, what's really significant about this here, George, is that um, the volume of rock that had been identified last year, and, and it was called the, the, the gold storm system. That's one of many potential deposits on Treaty Creek. That right. That's the one that's being drilled right now actively. Yeah. That's the one that's been the that, subject right. of all the great news in the last couple of months. So ju just the volume of that has increased by multiples this year. What do you mean by volume and what kind of multiple? Okay, sure. So <clears throat> if we, actually this is all public information in, in uh, Tudor's presentations that they've done. Um, Ken Konkin was just doing a presentation last week over in Zurich and they do have a great PowerPoint on it that you can look up as well. Um, but uh, this year we've increased the, the volume or size of the, the gold storm system from about 500 meters to 800 meters going north and south and from about 300 to 600 meters going east and west. And they're still using about a 700 meter depth. Now, we'll get into it later with drill holes, but we've drilled down over a, a kilometer now and still have mineralization there. Uh, but, but if you just cut it off at 700, you can take that volume and there's about 2.8 tons of rock in a cubic meter. So you can just multiply that out. And right now it's looking like we're about a gram per ton uh, in there. And so you can just do the math, see how many grams there are and, um, and divide by 31.1 and see how many ounces there are. Um, <clears throat> the reality is, is he's definitely in the, in the right area. Let I guess that's what Eric's done, right? He's kind of done that kind of math right now. No, it, absolutely. And um, <clears throat> something else really interesting there as well, just in terms of scale here. So in the presentation that, that Konkin did last week in Zurich there, he you mentioned that the gold storm actually has the, the conceptual model for it is 
about the same size as the snowfield deposit is. Now, most people don't know about the snowfield. That's, that's owned by Pretium. So Ken Konkin was the head geologist for Pretium, and he's the one credited for the discovery and development of the Bruce Jack Mine right next door to us, just a few right. kilometers. It's unbelievable on its own. Uh, yeah, top 10% grade in the world, actually. So uh, anyway, so when he'd retired, and then he's working for uh, Tudor now, our partner on Treaty Creek, and, and that's because he believes there's more potential at Treaty Creek than any of the properties there, which is really saying something. Um, and uh, Really? So say that, say that he actually believes you got more potential than, than Predium. Yeah, actually more potential than anything in this sort of system right now. So there's, there's a, something called the Sulfurets Hydrothermal System, which is just a, a big geological trend. And it includes the KSM in it. And it includes uh, Predium stuff. And then Treaty Creek has the north half. The other two companies have the southern half of it. Treaty Creek has the northern half. And uh, one of the things that Ken developed when he was working in the southern half is, is a project called the, the Snowfield. And that's owned by Predium. And it's literally right beside the Mitchell deposit uh, of the KSM. M is Mitchell. In fact, it's the top half of the Mitchell that was displaced. And, uh, and that one there actually has uh, measured and indicated resources of about 26 million ounces of gold. And if you include your uh, inferred and indicated resources, then it goes up to about uh, 35 million ounces of gold. So Ken Konkin, who discovered Predium's mine and, and, and this, other, uh, this other system, uh, he's saying that gold storm alone could be bigger, potentially be bigger than either of those. Well, yeah, what, what he's saying right now is that with the current volume that we have on Goldstorm, it actually is, is very similar to the snowfield, okay? And we know that the snowfield has, you know, depending on how you measure it, 26 million, uh, 26 million ounces or 35 million ounces, depending on whether you include all the categories or not. Anyway. So that kind of similar sounds good. So, so, so going back uh, to what Sprott said, um, is, is it reasonable or feasible that this could be something in the, the 20 million ounce? It, it is, actually. And, and one of the realities is, is I've told you this before, and, and if you want to, we can get into it more, but it, it honestly looks like we're just scratching the surface of, the, of this thing. I want to I wanna go into just some of the drill results, and I, am always, okay. I always like to avoid drill results because that can get into real boring technical, but I think it's worth discussing the highlights. But before I do, since you brought you know, resource calculation, what's there? What is the status of a resource calculation? What can you tell us is, is one coming or because you don't have one out yet for Goldstorm? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. It's one that I'm asked a lot on the phone. Um, and uh, the reality is here is that, uh, you know, going back to Walter Storm, he was involved in the Malartic mine for Osisco, which is now Canada's largest producing gold mine. Damn. And, and again, you have uh, Ken Conkin who, Again, put the mine in right next door to us. Um, these guys have a lot of experience, a lot of expertise, and a lot of knowledge. And I'm going to leave that to their experience and their knowledge to uh, let the rest of us know when that's going to come out. So um, I'm sure they have their reasons and their timing for coming out when they do. And I'm perfectly confident that whenever that time is, that it's going to be something very significant. Given the fact that both of them have found elephants separately. Yeah. It's kind of hard to ever even question what the logic, what the reason may be as to timing of a resource calculation, so on and so forth. But you know, yeah. the, the good news is that they're already talking about it as 
something really, really big. Let, so let's go, let's go into the draw results. What are some of the highlights, you know, some sure. of the highlight numbers that give, uh, you know, that give everyone, the, you guys especially, the excitement that you've, that you've got for Gold Storm, which is on Treaty Creek? Well, sure. You know, it, it's actually interesting, George. I was looking up on a website called mining.com, and I came across this list of the top 10 drill results from the first half of 2019. Okay. And we obviously don't have the second half yet, but, um, and when they were doing the first half, we didn't have our drill results back yet. But when I was looking down them, I actually found something really interesting. Yeah, exactly. So what, what you see on this image here are, uh, what they've done is they've taken the width of the interval and they've timesed it by the grade and they come up with a number. So the one at the very top there is, is very significant. It's, it's over 1,100 as a number. Then number two is just over 1,000. Then number three here is about 800. But when you go to number four, you're actually down into the 300s. And then the last four are down in the 200s. And you can see here that I've entered in three of our gold storm holes here. And blue. So those are the, those are in, the blue. In the blue, exactly. So all of these grades are uh, over one gram per ton, one gram or over. And so if you look at the, some of the holes that we did, we would actually have, uh, you know, fourth place, seventh place, and eighth place. Holy moly. <laughs> in the top 10. And, and no, these are from all over the world. This isn't, you know, BC or Canada or that type of thing. That's saying something. Um, it, it really, really is. And, and, it, and it comes back to yeah. um, the fact that uh, <clears throat> this isn't just, uh, you know, good locally. This is good as far as world-class, going back to, you know, the, the, in terms of world-class, well, these are actually absolutely fantastic numbers. And one of the keys that, that Konkan points out is the fact that these are actual gold numbers. They're not gold equivalent numbers. And there is a difference there. Big, yeah, um, big difference because you're not cobbling in copper and this and this and, and that. And everything it, else to come up with something that would be equivalent to. Right. Whenever I'm talking about any of these grades uh, there, it's actually gold numbers. And what's really interesting is that these uh, three holes that, that I put on here, um, they all come from within something called the 300 zone. And the 300 zone is uh, an area, kind of the top half of the deposit right now um, from where we're measuring. And uh, it's a richer area. So it's enriched as it's close to surface. And that's fantastic as far as mines are concerned. <laughs> yeah, and actually, and, and I was getting, that that's, leads me to my next question. But before I do, I want to remind everyone, because of what you were saying, now it makes sense. I'm going to go back to Walter's quote, uh, reading it. The first thing he said in this quote was, Goldstorm has, now has the attention of several major industry players. So yeah. he's not talking lightly. When you, when you talk about some of the numbers you've been talking about here, comparisons, what Konkin is saying, and then where you would fit into the mining.com top 10 list had your results been out in the first half. And hopefully... Yeah, I haven't seen this list, but mining.com is going to put out a list for the second half of the year. Yeah. Maybe a full year list, right? Just see where we land. But that's third-party validation. That's the point I want to make. That. Yeah, George, let me just add something to that. So th that list was one gram and above. Uh, we had phenomenal deep holes this year, right, where it's just consistent all the way down. And um, here's some of the numbers that if we were to include some of our holes that, that were just under a gram would be. So if you recall... Um, 
the bottom four numbers were in the 200s and then the next three were the 300s kind of thing. Right. Here's some other holes that we would have had. 612, 638, 578. Um, so you could potentially dominate that top 10 list. 530, wow. the last hole from last year, 552. And you know these are really significant holes. These are going down like that last hole from last year was the same height as the CN Tower within ten meters. Unbelievable. Gram gold from top to bottom. Then the first hole that we had this year was the same height as the tallest tower in the world over in Dubai, right? Um, and over eight hundred meters. So and, you know, imagine that full of gold. I'm not saying well, it's full of gold. But we have obviously, two but holes. that's a golden tower essentially going right down into Goldstorm. Yeah, we have we have two holes that that are that length, and and one's about three quarters of a gram, the other one's about 0.7 gram. You know, um, and it, and it just keeps going uh, at depth as well. And then we actually even had one this year that went over 1,100 meters, about 0.6 grams per ton gold, and that's actually two CN towers on top of each other. That's, you know, that's sometimes what, this is kind of off topic here for a second, but this is when I would love it if geologists could think about marketing and branding for a second. If they could, yeah. you know, name <laughs> these holes, you know, CN Tower 1, CN Tower 2, Burj, uh, Dubai, you know, the name, I can't remember the exact, you know, because it would yeah. be awesome to put into perspective, right? But you, you making the case here. Let me talk devil's advocate for a second. There are a lot, you know, uh, there are a lot of, there are a lot of uh, some of the world's largest gold deposits are hobbled by factors yes. right, that make them uneconomic, right? Even, even KSM, I'm not saying it's uneconomic, so nobody at Seabridge get upset or Seabridge investors, but you know, they're hobbled by infrastructure and real, as a result, real big CapEx, right? Yes. Uh, that has to, that has to be used up in order to uh, raise and used up in order to start making money from it. Um, you don't have that problem. What makes, you know, Treaty Creek different and where does it fit in? Where, where does it make, where's not just on KSM, but from the biggest deposit in the world? Sure. Uh, it's a good point because the reality in the mining industry is that the low, the low hanging fruit's gone, right? So projects are becoming far more remote. They're going into what Konkan calls AK-47 jurisdictions. So, you know, parts of Africa, South America, you can forget about China, Russia, those types of places. Right. Um, you know, the grades are getting lower, uh, logistics are getting worse and, and all the rest of it. And so um, it, it is a real issue, especially when it comes to these mega deposits. So having a lot of ounces is great, but it's not the only consideration, right? So um, interestingly, I, I looked up uh, another chart here that actually shows that actually shows some of uh, these deposits uh, around the world here. Yep. And, and again, that'll be on the webcast, so everyone will be looking at it right now. That's right, yeah. So if, if you're looking at this uh, list here, um, you'll, you'll find that um, most of these are all produced, and only six of them aren't actually. And uh, you can see, well, just use an example here, uh, the one at the very top here, uh, Pebble. Um, it, most people know about that one. That one's been trying to get into production for like kind of decades now. Yeah, yeah. Again, a lot of a lot of hopes and dreams pinned on that one it hasn't come through yet. Well, it's true, and it's even in a, a, a safe in a jurisdiction in terms of being in the United States, right? But you know, they're looking at better part of five billion dollar uh, capex. They're looking at building roads and ports and everything, hundreds of kilometers long, and 
um, the huge environmental issues and that type of thing. And that's why it's taken so long. If you look at number four, um, again, that's KSM, and we can talk about that in more in just a little second. Uh, number eight's not producing. That one's in Mother Russia, which I consider a AK-47 jurisdiction, so I don't know if you want to put your money in there. Um, and then uh, number 14, back in Alaska here with Donlan Creek. Um, and again, about a $7 billion market cap. Yeah, that's, that's not small not money. Not market that's... cap, CapEx, right, to be able to build it. Um, and the environmental issues, which is just kind of starting that process right now. Uh, we already talked about uh, Snowfield, and there it is on the list of largest deposits in the entire world. Um, and, uh, and, and its issue right now is the fact that it is stuck on the wrong side of the hill, <laughs> quite literally. It's, it's right beside um, the Mitchell deposit, and it really kind of has nowhere to go or no way to get out. So Logistics are really important, even close to home here. All right. So, what do you, what's you know? Talk, let's talk about the logistics on uh, on Treaty Creek. Yeah. Okay. So it's on the right side of the hill. <laughs> so it's you already mentioned. You know, the KSM. One of the challenges that they have is logistics. So um, they have their tailings pond and their and their processing plant uh, designed on the other side of Treaty Creek uh, because that's where the water flows out through Canada out to the ocean, and so. Uh, they actually need to get access through Treaty Creek to get there. That's a whole different topic. Isn't but you know, you're a gatekeeper. You're, yeah. you know, you're a gatekeeper to the KSM project at the end of the day. Well, yeah, that's something that has to be resolved, right, in the near future here. Um, but it certainly adds to the $5.5 billion cap, capex, you know, that they have. So on Treaty Creek, uh, here's, here's the beautiful parts about it. Uh, uh, looking more globally, it's in a very safe jurisdiction. And there's a lot of um, well, there's a mine operating already just south of there. Well, actually, yeah, operating there's one right literally just south oh, of us. There's ones just north and everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of good support from the indigenous people there. And in fact, uh, our partner Tudor has actually already signed an agreement there. Um, but very similar to all the other projects that are right around us there. So there's actually good support there. Um, and then on a, a more local uh, scene, we're on the right side of the mountain, so it's only 20 kilometers away from probably the cheapest power in the world. And uh, the high transmission power lines go right up the highway. We have a highway 20 kilometers away, not 200 kilometers away, <laughs> through a jungle or through a mountain range, 20 kilometers out to the highway. From there, it's an hour and a half to the shipping port, which has actually two ports there, shipping ore already um, to the Far East. So, right. so and yeah, that's the beauty about it, right? It's, so, it's already receiving ore, already shipping ore, Exactly. So you're not, you're not it's, just the getting, wheel there. it's just getting out to the highway and bringing the power in. And then as far as the deposit itself is concerned, you have some really unique things happening. You have it very close to surface. It's just under the, the surface. And that's why no one knew about this before until we did the Magneto Telleric survey a few years back. But um, you did say uh, that, you know, you got drill holes as deep as the CN Tower. Uh, is that just shows you the potential? Tower. But before that, you can start digging take ore out, mill it. Yeah, so normally, normally uh, with, with close to surface stuff, uh, the beautiful part about that is it lends itself well to an open pit mine, right? And, and usually you don't have open pit mines the depth of the CN Tower. Um, th there actually is one, the Bingham Mine uh, down in Utah, and it's actually 1.2 kilometers deep. So it is actually the, the height of two CN Towers in there. Generally, it's a bit less though, 
but uh, the model up there that looks to uh, be working well in other parts of the world that, want, that uh, people are thinking about implementing there is block cave mining underneath of an open pit. Um, but it's enriched right close to the surface. So that improves your strip ratio and it improves your profitability, open pits, the cheapest. Yeah, because you're generating cash point. flow with a very low CapEx right off the bat. Yeah, and, and going back to a point you said earlier about a lot of companies looking at this, it's not just the huge ones that are looking at it because it doesn't have to require a huge company to look at it because the CapEx is going to be so much lower than some of these other big mega projects that there's, uh, I think, going to be a lot of players that can get involved. Exactly. A lot of people can get involved in this. And KSM's $5 billion, you know, there's only a handful of a handful of guys that can handle that. But here it it opens up the competition. It opens, it opens up. uh, I'm assuming it's going to be something just like Walter sold uh, uh, Cisco at the end of the day. I'm assuming that's the same. Maybe I shouldn't assume, but uh, (laughs) if it is, it opens up the auction a lot more players than, than just the guys who come up with $5 billion. It it does. And And I should be clear that, uh, the intention is to sell this, okay? And when I use the term this, I'm talking about the gold storm. I'm not talking necessarily about all of Treaty Creek. Right, because Treaty Creek isn't a one-trick pony at the end of the day, right? You, gold storm is just one no, of no, it's the deposits not. that you've got on Treaty Creek. So Let, can this I is a world-class maker, and then you can sell it, but then you move on to another deposit right beside it. Exactly. Let me, let me just show you something here. And again, I'm going to hold something up for here to look at. And, yep. and this is an image here. Again, this, this is from Tudor's um, presentation. And it's showing Seabridge's Kersal, Fritz Mitchell, and Iron Cap on the left here. And Ken Conkin's calling these a, a, a string of pearls. And it's, it's very evenly sequenced. So you have the Kerr deposit about two and a half, maybe three kilometers away, Sulfurets, then that distance again, Mitchell, then that distance again, Iron Cap. You go five kilometers away and you have the Gold Storm, which is marked as GS on this image here, the CB and GS for Copper Bell and Gold Storm. And Gold Storm goes off to the right there, farther to the north. So Gold Storm is exactly where it should be if you were looking for another mine. And um, one of the things- I love that, that string of pearls. It's a great visual. It, it's easily- relatable for people at home to kind of imagine what Treaty Creek is going to look like. Well, exactly. And I just want to explain what this big red blob on on there is. Um, In this particular case, that's magnetics that we're looking at, okay? And so um, there is a huge magnetic anomaly kind of halfway between Goldstorm and the Iron Cap. And that's right where there should be something, right? About every two and a half, three kilometers, there's, there's, another, um, there's, there's another big deposit. Right. We actually have two things happening there. We have not only this huge magnetic anomaly, but we also have the MT anomaly, the magnetotelluric uh, anomaly there as well. So um, that's one of the things that I think, you know, coming up this year that they might start looking at um, again, those details are up to uh, Tudor. Yeah, because I want to ask that with all this in hand, we don't know if a resource calculator is coming out. That's, I guess, that Walter is holding, Walter Storm's holding his cards close to his chest on that. Yeah. Um, what's the plan for next year? Because clearly, all partners here, especially Ken Conkin, must be eager to jump 
right back into this in what the spring April or so and and just hit it hard again I'm presuming yeah so as far as the details I'm going to leave that up to Tudor to to release okay. and because you know things might change or what have you but I, I can tell you this that um, based on the information that they're going to have for next year I, I believe they're going to do a couple of things to try and expand the season dramatically so this year they, they drilled for about three and a half months um, Ken's talking about five to six months of drilling up there. So they're going to expand dramatically this season. They're going to expand dramatically the number of drills that are starting up there. And because last year you started with one, started with one, added a second, and two. So are you saying possibility of even more drills? Yes. Yeah. Possibility of three, four, that type of thing, starting right from the beginning of the year, kind of a May, and go right through to the end of October. And I can leave the details up to Tudor as far as that's concerned, but considerably more drilling and, uh, and expanding this area that he has. He's going to get something called a variogram from P&E, which is the company he works with for resource calculations and, and feasibility studies, that kind of thing. And uh, one of the things that Ken mentioned uh, on the snowfield was that uh, they didn't have the spacing right, and he could have actually drilled uh, the same resource with about half the number of drills. And so that's something that is great to have him there because he's learned from that. <laughs> and the uh, PE is going to give him uh, the numbers from this variogram. And what it'll do is it'll allow him to maximize the, the distance between and still get an inferred or indicated or measured or whatever it is that he's looking for on there. And of course, this will step out to the north and this will step out to the east onto the glacier because we don't know where it ends. Um, <laughs> we kind of have one corner, I think, uh, of the deposit, the southwest corner. Uh, but going north, it not only do we not know where it ends, but it's actually getting deeper and deeper. Yeah, that's the insane part. You keep going yeah. north. <laughs> and, and the same thing's happening going east. So uh, I think they'll be able to, as I said at the beginning of this year, they had an idea of how big this system was and they increased that by multiples. There's potential for them to do that again. We just don't know where the end of it is yet. Yeah, so but safe to say, you know, Kelvin tended off, safe to say that you guys, actually, I'm not, I don't want to put words in your mouth. On a scale of ecstatic, happy, satisfied, disappointed, now that the year's done, uh, where, are you, where are you guys at there? <laughs> well, I'll tell you something interesting. So you know that markets go up and markets go down and stock prices do the same and everything else, sure. right? And, and we've experienced that. We, we've gone up significantly this year. We've come back a bit. Um, but we just can't wipe the grin off our faces <laughs> because re regardless of what the stock price is right now, we, we have a very clear understanding of the potential, not only in terms of uh, size, right, but grade. This, this seems to have, well, actually it looks like it has much higher gold grades than what the KSM has as well. The logistics are far better. Uh, the power's right there, the road's there, all of everything else that we've already talked about. And so it, it's really just a question of time and, and, uh, and effort and money that they're gonna put into it. And, and that starts just as soon as we can get in there in the spring, so. And for everyone watching at home, you know, you've heard me say this on Agoracom for years, especially in the small cap world. Third-party validation means a lot. And not that it means that CEOs and IROs uh, would lie about what, you know, what they've got, but you expect 
small cap CEOs and IROs to be really optimistic and only think of best case scenario, right? That's their yeah. job at the end of the day. Yes, yeah, it is. You know, that's the responsibility of the shareholder. <laughs> but what I always look for is third party validation. So in mm -hmm. this case, you've got Walter Storm, who's already sold one, you know, one company for three and a half billion dollars. And he's telling us that several major industry players are paying attention to it and some potential world-class deposit. You know, you have, you have to take that at face value, right? Absolutely. You've got Eric Sprott, who's telegraphing a couple of times in his podcast, this 20 million ounce number. Yeah. First, first podcast was 10 to 20 million ounces. Second podcast was hoping for 20 million ounces. So he started yeah. to lean that way. And yeah. he put his money where his mouth is by making two separate private placements within just, uh, just a couple of weeks. And then if that wasn't enough, you've got Ken Konkin, who's just, his reputation is, is bulletproof and who discovered the operating mine right now. Yeah. South of you. He, he's credited with the discovery of that. So when you've got, and, and he's telling, it sounds like what you're telling me, and I would love to see that PowerPoint. To tell you the truth, I would love to see if we can get Ken Konkin on here to maybe go through that PowerPoint for everybody, but I don't mm -hmm. know if that's possible. But if he's going through his PowerPoint in Europe and he's telling people that this has a potential to be bigger than anything in the area, um, you know, again, uh, he's a professional who's got big wins under his belt. He doesn't need to be talking off the cuff. So if he's saying that, you've got to take that at face value also. So, um, you know, thanks for summing up. Th thanks for adding further context, info, data, and layers onto it. Sure. Uh, that are really helpful, but it, Sure. It sounds like you guys are in the ecstatic phase, right? You can't wipe the you can't wipe the uh, the smile off your faces. Well, we are, and, and and it has to do with a couple of, of blue sky things as well that I haven't really mentioned to you yet here, um, and 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 this goes back to this this chart here again in terms of the string of pearls that that okay. Ken talks about. So, uh, you know, one of the things that that he mentioned possibly for this coming year is to maybe even test this area between the gold storm and between the iron cap and, and, and just start to poke around there a little bit. And then believe it or not, uh, you know, if you go about another two and a half kilometers further to the north, uh, there, there actually is our anomalies, geophysical anomalies there indicating that there could be something there as well. And so he's saying, you know, gold storm might be between <laughs> two, two big O's. And, and we also know that there's other zones on there. There's a, you know, potentially a high grade VMS deposit called the GR2 zone. And potentially and so what you're saying, and I, and we'll end it with this, but potentially what you're saying is gold storm looks like it's something really, really great. looks like it. We don't know yet, but, but once that's done, you're talking about other potential gold storm. So American Creek could be, you know, hitting these pearls for the foreseeable future. Talk about two, three, five, I don't have two, three, five, ten years of just next gold storm, next gold storm, next gold storm, all just from Treaty Creek. And Walter Storm would be the, you know, and would, would still be the, the joint venture partner on, on those? Yeah, that's right. Well, so the, right. actually, that, I'm glad you brought that up because so, I should clarify. So uh, what our joint venture is, is it's a 20% fully carried interest until production notice is given. Okay, at, at that point, then we would, you know, uh, put in our 20%, uh, Tutan would put in their 20% and, and Tutor would put in their 60% um, if we were going to build a mine, right? Um, I, I believe the, what we were just talking about here is that 
each of these deposits would be sold to someone else who would actually put into a mine, right? And so- Unbelievable. Uh, I, don't even, I can't even start, I can't even start imagining that. The, the partnership carries on um, and the icing on the cake in this presentation that, that Konkin gave was that there's these little high grade veinlets uh, throughout the gold storm that he hasn't really quite figured out yet. And he says, they actually look like VOK uh, veinlets. So that stands for Valley of the Kings. And that is where he put his mine in, the high grade mine just south of here. And so he's saying he's seen similar things to that within the system. So is that something separate to, or does it just add value to it? Or could it be something that we don't know at this stage, but, uh, but the blue sky is looking good. And we can barely wait to get back in next spring. So. Even what you have is looking great. Forget yeah. about the blue sky. It's almost hard to even imagine the blue sky, but to know that that's there potentially yeah. is something special, but it, I'd love to see how good. I can't wait. This is, this is a great story. Can't wait to see how Goldstorm plays out uh, as the first chapter of this trilogy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and thanks so much, Kelvin, for being Great. here. Congratulations to you and the guys, you and Darren, everyone on what you've accomplished uh, so far and, and looking forward to having you back as soon as something, something breaks. Great. Well, thanks very much, George. Great to meet with you. You've been watching Kelvin Burton, Investor Communications over American Creek Resources, the company trades on the Venture Exchange on the stock symbol AMK. Uh, and now that you've watched and or heard what Kelvin's had to say, you got to do your due diligence. You can start that by getting to Agoracom, punching the company's name or stock symbol to get to their hub. Uh, watch videos. We've done extensive videos of the company in the second half of the year here. Um, and then... Uh, feel free to ask questions because you got Kelvin and Darren who are actually answering questions for you uh, right there on the forum. And then use the link to go over to American Creek's website and, uh, and, and do your further due diligence. But, you know, based on what you're hearing, it's up to you now. Do your due diligence. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. And for those of you who are listening via Spotify, thanks for tuning in. We hope you made your, you know, your drive or your doctor room wait or wherever you are. Uh, that much more fun while you're waiting. Have a great day, everybody. See you next time.